you're listening to the Living Word Church Podcast. To learn more about Living Word Church and our service times, visit us online at livingwordli.org. Today's message comes from our lead pastor, Doug Jansen. There's a couple of phrases I'm going to have you guys repeat kind of throughout the day. And we're going to start with, oh wow. Everybody say, oh wow. I love that when we see something like we just saw, that kind of just comes out of us, doesn't it? There's that like, oh wow moment. You see something that you're amazed by and you can't almost help but say something like that and respond with a heart that's just like excited or satisfied or just grateful for what you just saw. I know years ago, you guys remember Hurricane Sandy happened and um, there was a response that our church had that we just wanted to bless the community, you know? So like around Hurricane Sandy, a lot of people had power outages and trees were falling down. And so we were like, all right, what can we do? How can we make an impact? And so we just started going out and knocking on people's doors. We'd have like 10 or 15 of us and we'd have chainsaws and axes and and shovels. And we would just knock on people's doors and say, hey, can we just come serve you? Can we come help? And after we convinced everyone that it was actually free (laughs) and we weren't trying to rip anybody off and we actually wanted to help them, it was the coolest thing. We'd knock on somebody's door and I'd tell them what we wanted to do. And 20 people would jump out of the cars with chainsaws and axes and get in there and cut all the trees up and do everything. And this one day, we're out there, and um, we're just walking down the street after having worked on one house. And, and as we're walking down the street, we're like noticing like a commotion kind of on the side of the street. And it's like, we see all these kids dressed up in costumes and walking around with bags. We're like, oh my gosh, it's Halloween. We didn't even realize because we were so distracted with everything. And then the thought hits me, here are 20 of us walking down the middle of the street with chainsaws and axes, right? You can imagine there were a few oh wow reactions that day. Uh, A few years ago, our family bought a house and it was in really rough shape. And uh, to quote my 13-year-old daughter at the time, she walked into the house and she said, this place is gross. And that was like a little, uh, so we convinced her we had some vision for the place. And so we began to work on it. And my buddy Roy, who's somewhere in the room here today, came to me and said, uh, Doug, I think we can make this yard amazing. The backyard was a total mess. It was like a swamp back there. I think the mob used to bury bodies back there in the 80s. Like it was just not a place you wanted to be. And over years, we're still doing it, but over years, this guy has helped me transform this yard because he had this vision. So he would come and say, okay, here's what I'm going to do today. And then he'd say, I want you to do this, that, and the other before I come back the next time. And, and we would do stuff. But one day I couldn't be there. And he was like, Doug, I'm going to do some stuff in the yard today. I was like, I can't go. He's like, I'm going to do it anyway. And when I got there and saw what he had done, all I could do was go, oh, wow. Oh, wow. And he actually joked with me later. He texted me. He said, Doug, I think I only heard 53 oh wows when you got home today. You know, we got to work on that excitement level. And that's the thing about a heart that is satisfied. When you see greatness, when you are amazed by something, when something fills you or fulfills you, there's this oh, wow response that comes out of us. Now, I just want you to raise your hand here if something that I say would make you go, oh, wow. Okay, so like a great play on like a sports field or sporting event. Just raise your hand if that's like an oh, wow moment for you. All right, how about like at a concert, amazing, you know, guitar solo or something like that. Oh, wow. Uh, How about a New York slice of pizza? Come on, we got to get some oh, wows on that one. All right. How many of you weren't going to raise your hand no matter what I said? Just wondering. Okay. All right. A couple of you. I got that. Thank you. But I think that's what we are and who we are. We are hardwired to respond with, oh, wow, when we see something amazing, when we're satisfied with something, and it doesn't matter how old, young, doesn't matter successful, not successful, like that's just built into who you and I are. And have you ever stopped to ask yourself, like, why is that? Why does that response come out of me when I see something amazing? Like, what's that about? And why do I have that desire to pursue the wow? Like, why do I have that desire to pursue something amazing? And some of us think it's a bad thing about us. 
It's almost like, like, I don't know, I'm always chasing this desire to be satisfied or excited or amazed by something, and we think it's a bad thing. It is not a bad thing. It's an amazing thing. God wired you and me for the wow, to be excited, to be amazed by something. And I think sometimes we can chase things that we think are going to wow us and they don't, things that are going to amaze us or satisfy us long-term and they don't. I think sometimes we tend to forget that God has like a long-term wow he wants to give us and we kind of go for the short-term wow. Isn't that our culture, by the way? Like I want want the snap of the finger, wow. That's the way our culture works right now. But like what if there's a God who wants to wow us and satisfy us like on a long-term level that we're not trying to cram a whole bunch of stuff into our souls, this empty feeling that we have inside. Like what if there's an answer for all this stuff? What if God really wants to satisfy us? And when I say satisfy, I don't mean somebody who's kind of going like, oh yeah, I guess I'm satisfied. Like I'm talking about satisfaction. When I was a kid, used to get a progress report. I don't know if anybody remembers this, between report cards. Report cards would come in and the progress report, at least in my school, didn't have numbers. It had excellent, great, satisfactory, satisfactory and fail. Okay, And I got a lot of satisfactories on my progress reports, which I almost took like an insult. Like, just give me a fail. Like, don't give me a satisfactory. But I think that's sometimes the picture we get when we hear that word satisfied. Like, I guess I'm satisfied. I'll give Doug a satisfactory on his grade. No, the satisfied that I'm talking about is the deep longing of our soul to be fulfilled. And what if we've gone through our lives, some of us, and we didn't even realize that right before us was the answer to our question? Right before us, all along, was the answer to how do I fill this emptiness? How do I not just numb it out? How do I not just Netflix it away? How do I not just distract it away? How do I not just cram a whole bunch of stuff that's never going to work anyway in this, this, this hole in my soul? But how do I actually find fulfillment? How do I not be empty? And I know I, I'm, I'm talking to a bunch of people today who already know Jesus and maybe some who don't. And I want to tell you that the same answer goes for both. Like there are Christians in this room and we've forgotten how to fill our soul. And there are maybe some of you here today, and if you're not a follower of Jesus, we're so glad that you're here. What an amazing thing for you to be here or watch it online. And what if there's an answer? What if you can find satisfaction, amazement, and wow, and it's right before you in God? So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at a few verses and going to discover more and more this theme. You see, uh, you know, there's only so many Christmas passages in the Bible, right? So as a pastor, try not to preach the same, you know, passage every year. But as I got into one of the Christmas passages this year, something jumped out at me. I missed this huge theme in the times that I had read through the Christmas story before. And we're going to see this theme of, oh, wow, coming up over and over again as people experience God and they see his plan. And so we're going to look at Luke chapters 1 and 2 a little bit here today. And just to summarize, God has done a miracle in Mary, and she is this virgin who is pregnant. And here is this introduction to what would be happening. It says in Luke 1, 46, after Mary's heard this news, it says, And Mary said... My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices. Everybody say rejoices. Rejoices in God, my Savior. See, this is the response to what God has done. Mary essentially goes, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Like the Savior of the world's coming and I get to be a part of this story. Oh, wow. You see, I love that that's what comes out of Mary because that's what comes out of you and I when we experience amazement and gratitude and fulfillment, right? When we see something wonderful, you know, forced emotions don't work. It wasn't like God, you know, tells Mary the news and then whispers like, okay, you should really act amazed right now. Like, like if you could just get a little excited, I'd really appreciate it. No, like forced emotions don't work. We know this, right? Like every parent in the room knows it doesn't work. Like you, your kids get into an argument and then what do you tell them to do? Come on, hug and make up. 
Like that forced emotion never works. They're, they're like hugging each other, they're pinching each other, pulling each other's hair behind their back. And then you see somebody who you know doesn't like you, but they like force this fake emotion of like, oh, it's so great to see you. And they give you the hug in the middle of the grocery store. And you're like, I just want to pull your hair and pinch your back. You know, like you have a website, IHateDoug.com. This is not a secret, you know? So I think that we know forced emotions don't work. Guys, this is not forced emotion here. Mary has experienced God and she's going, wow, her heart's brought to life because that's what happens when we encounter God. Let's keep going. She says in verse 48, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. She's just going, oh, wow, God, you're incredible. Look what you've done. Verse 50, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He's performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry. Satisfaction. He's filled the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary's just going, oh, wow, what an amazing God. Now, here's the thing. Everyone look at me real quick. Some of you are like, okay, so I got up early. We got the kids all ready, or I got here. I didn't want to come to church this year, but my friend dragged me, and here I am. And Doug, you're telling me right now that the, oh, the, whole, the whole point of this service and the whole reason we're here today is because of, oh, wow? No, see, I don't really want to talk as much about the oh wow as, listen, as the, as the heart behind the oh wow. The satisfied, amazed, filled soul that we're seeing come out of Mary and we're going to see come out of others. These are full people because of what God's doing in their life. The next few verses, we find out that everyone was uh, to return to their hometown for a census. And that's why Mary and Joseph end up where they do at the time of Jesus' birth. And we find out in Luke 2, 6, it says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. The birth of Jesus, the savior of the world, just as God said would happen. Verse eight, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Everybody say joy for all people. The angel knows he does not say, I'm bringing you religion for the world. He's not saying, I'm bringing you rules so that mankind can save themselves. He's not bringing you good news that's going to be caused for great joy for all people. Just in that one phrase, we see what God is after in our life. God is after our joy. He wants us fulfilled. He wants us satisfied in him. He wants us pleased. He wants our soul not empty but thriving in him. I think sometimes we believe the wrong things will bring us joy and satisfaction, right? We've chased other stuff, and it's really messed us up. And so today, I'm not saying, yeah, God just wants you to go make a bunch of choices and do what makes you happy. That's not what I'm saying, because often the things we think will make us happy make us miserable. And so what if doing things his, his way and coming close to him and near to him, having a relationship with him, we find the satisfaction we don't find anywhere else? I think a lot of us, as I said earlier, we've fallen for the short-term wow instead of the long-term wow. I don't know about if this is like a generational thing, but I know when my son and I want to heat up pizza, we do it very differently, okay? He wants to use the microwave. It's 45 seconds in there, and then you're eating a piece of rubber, and it's disgusting, right? I like the oven approach, okay? And I actually have researched this because I'm a little bit of a pizza psycho, and I, I don't love the way it tastes so different when you reheat it 
as it did in the restaurant. And so I've researched this. And what you do to help at least is you get a, a pan and you put some aluminum foil on it and you put the pan and the aluminum foil in there without putting the pizza on it. You let the pan get nice and hot. Then you put the pizza on. Then you reheat it. And that takes a little while, right? But the oven way, the oven way, the long-term satisfaction of it is so good. And I think God is just going, guys, stop trying to microwave me. Stop trying to microwave your life. Stop trying to microwave satisfaction. I want to give you the long bake. I want to satisfy you truly. I don't want to give you some, some you know, fl- flaky, nasty, rubbery pizza to eat. I want to truly give you what will satisfy. And I think sometimes we've fallen for the short term or the quick, easy thing, and it's always failed us, hasn't it? We believe money's going to do it, and we stay empty. We believe sexual experiences on our phones and tablets and devices are going to fill that empty place, and it fails us miserably and only makes things even worse. We, achieving high levels of success are going to finally, finally do it, and we find that there's still that emptiness, isn't there? Even as followers of Jesus, that emptiness can kick around when we're looking for our satisfaction and joy in the wrong place, can it? One of the heartbreaks of the last uh, few months was the death of Matthew Perry, the actor, and uh, there's a ton of different stuff going around on social media of interviews with him, of course, once he had passed. And one of the things that I saw was he was talking about how all he wanted to do was be famous. All, that's all he wanted. He asked God, make me famous, make me famous, make me famous. And then he says this. You can read it with me. These are his exact words. I got the great job, bought a house. The house had a pool, and I really, really liked it. I love it for about six months. And then I walk in my house and went, oh, man, this is not fixing my problems. There's a YouTuber named Ryan Trahan who has millions of followers, and I just saw this clip last night. My son showed it to me. He says, I was making more money than I ever have. I got all these followers on social media, and these are his exact words. All my identity was in this, and I felt nothing. I had everything I ever wanted. Why do I feel empty? Could it be that the answer to that emptiness was this little Baby boy born a long, long time ago who came to be the savior of the world, came to forgive us of our sin, but so much more than that, to to be in a relationship with us, to to be someone we can go to in the midst of hardship, and he can carry us, and he can guide us, and he can lead and direct us, and he can encourage us and heal us and provide for us. And man, this God who wants our souls to be satisfied. Luke 2 verse 11 goes on, says, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah the Lord. Now we got to look into those three words real quick, okay? We saw their Savior, Messiah, and Lord. The Greek for, for Savior means one who rescues, a Savior, a deliverer. The, the Greek for Messiah is the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ. And the Greek for the word Lord is one who is in charge by virtue of possession or owner. And I think we like the first ones. I think we're like, I need a Savior. I want a Savior. Forgive me of my sins. But we don't so much like the Lord one, right? Because he gets to be in charge. Can I just tell you something? If you let God be in charge of your life, you're letting the most loving, selfless person who ever walked the earth be in charge of your life. Friend, listen, he is so much better to you than you are to yourself. We we read this a few months ago in a different series we did, but I want to read it again. D.L. Moody said this. He says, if I know my own mind, if an angel should come from the throne of God and tell me that I could have my will done the rest of my days on earth, and that everything I wish should be carried out, or that I might refer it back to God and let God's will be done in me and through me, I think in an instant I would say, let the will of God be done. I cannot look into the future. I do not know what is going to happen tomorrow. In fact, I do not know what may happen before night. So I cannot choose for myself as well as God can choose for me, and it is much better to surrender my will to God's will. So a Savior, 
has been born. The angels have announced this, and it says in verse 12, they say to the shepherds, this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So shepherds, here's where you go find Jesus. Verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising. Everybody say praising. Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So the angels now have an oh wow response. Right? And it wasn't like God said, okay, angels, here's the plan. I'm going to send you guys out. And when I send you guys out, at this moment, I want you to start to praise me. No, they just went to do what God called them to do. And when they saw his plan and what he was up to, the natural response that came out of them was, oh, wow. Satisfaction. Gratefulness that's coming out of a heart that is amazed at what God is doing. This is what happens when we come close to God. He satisfies us in ways nothing else ever can. Verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed. Everybody say amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Guys, we got more oh wow reactions now coming from the people who are hearing the message. So everybody's going, oh, wow, what Jesus has come to do. Because it's not just about the, oh, wow, it's about what God's doing in these people's hearts. He's showing them something they've never seen before, a satisfaction and an amazement. And God hardwired you and me to be awed at him, to be amazed at him. You know, the last time he put a beautiful sunset out there in the sky, I don't think he was like, eh, maybe I should have held back on that one. They enjoyed it a little too much. No, his heart is that you and I would be blown away. In fact, here's a beautiful picture right here of a sunset. God creates things like this that you and I would look up and go, wow, look at our amazing, powerful God. Look at this next picture, this waterfall, how gorgeous this this is. Like for you and I to look at that and go, oh, wow, this next picture here, uh, whatever the heck that is, um, (laughs) makes you and I go, oh, wow. It's a different kind of oh, wow. Some of you look down. Some of you hid your children's faces, right? But this is this amazing God that you and I get to say, I love to be in a relationship with you, and I need your forgiveness, and I want to be close to you, and I want to not just keep a bunch of rules, but, but you came with good news of salvation and forgiveness for the joy of the whole world. And I love this. You ready? Verse 19. This is going to be super practical. You ready? But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. More, oh, wow. Now it's coming from Mary again. Wow, God, look what you're doing. She's pondering and treasuring these things in her heart. She's storing them up. Listen, sometimes I think our problem is that we aren't storing up and treasuring up in our heart and mind the right things. Isn't that true? Sometimes we're storing up and treasuring up all the pain. And and I'll just be honest with you about my own life. The day I wrote this message a few weeks ago, I finished, and I went outside, and I had to do some leaves after work. And I'm doing the leaves, and guess what I was treasuring up in my heart and pondering in my mind? Not the goodness of God, not the wonderful things he'd done. You know what I was thinking about? Something somebody had done that hurt me. And it was just on repeat the whole time. And all of a sudden, I caught myself in the middle of it. I'm like, I'm raking. I'm like, I just wrote the message, and I'm still pondering things that are negative and horrific for my mind here. And here is Mary pondering what is good and I just love it because look, you might say, well, well, come on, it's Mary. Like Mary was in the middle of an amazing God moment and Jesus was coming. And if God came and spoke to me like he spoke to Mary, I would praise him too. But look at me real quick. Don't forget, Mary had a ton of things to complain about if she wanted to. Here she is, a teenage kid, and she's claiming that she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. That's enough for a scandal in your life. Cause some problems, right? 
I heard somebody say, I really wish the angel hadn't just told Mary, but gone down the hall to Mary's mom, just to clarify things and make sure, right? She's in a, a cave. Uh, she's got her baby in a feeding trough for animals. That's what the manger was. I know it looks all cute, like on our fireplace in the little barn that we have, but it was a feeding trough. And this is the circumstance that Mary is treasuring these things up in her heart. I love that she chose to do that because I think you and I often miss satisfaction in God because we're thinking about all the things he hasn't done instead of the things he has done. What if we learn everybody to say, oh, wow, more than we say, oh, no? I think we would live a different life. And I'll just be real with you because, um, again, I live in the same world you do, and it's very easy to get caught up in disappointment and pain and hardship. So about the last week of my life has looked a little bit like this. My daughter was playing basketball, and she went up for a rebound, and her and this other girl are wrestling for the ball. Yo, girls, basketball, they don't mess. They're going for this ball. And she goes, the, the other girl lets go. She goes flying back, falls on the ground, and hits her head, and she gets a concussion, we go, you know, the, get the medical care that she needs. Okay. A few days later, my wife has a, a big surgery, and you guys have been incredible, just by the way. Uh, thank God the surgery went well. She's at home. She's in a, a lot of pain, so be praying for her, but, but you guys have been so good to us. Prayer, your prayers, your generosity, your encouragement, your checking in, we just are so thankful. And, and so that was hard, though. There, there we are, you know, and I, I stay the overnight in the hospital. That always goes well in that little chair they give you. Isn't that a wonderful thing, guys? You're sitting there in the chair, and we get home finally the next night, and I go to just bring the mail in, and I won't get into all the details, but there's a, an envelope in there that I open, and it was uh, just like a problem for me what was in that envelope. It was just a really hard, other difficult situation that I now have to deal with, like coming right home from the hospital. I'm like, I just don't need this right now. And then the next day, which is yesterday, my daughter is um, recovering from the concussion. She wants to go to a friend's party. She's making food for the party, and she goes to empty out the pasta out of the, bo- out of the pot, and it spills over and burns her leg and burns her foot. So now I'm texting the nurses in the church, what do we do? Go to urgent care take care of this so we go and she's doing okay i mean she'll be all right you know it's painful of course and then we get home from that and i just want to sit down before she burned herself i put a little soup in the microwave microwave oh gosh i should have done the oven there we go okay but i put it in the microwave to heat it up and i just want to sit and relax and then that happens so we go run and i come back same soup still in the microwave cold so i make it and i go to pull it out and i drop it on the floor and i said something really spiritual in the moment you know what i said i give up on life (laughs) And as I said it, I flung my oven mitt, which is really hard to do cool, okay? Just to let you know, you're not going to look too intimidating flinging your oven mitt. Just want to let you know about that. And it's just like, isn't that life, right? And if I'm honest, in the last few weeks, I've just, I've said, and I'm just being honest with you, I've had my, come on, could it get any worse moments? Like another thing, another, come on, when does it end? And you know what? I'm just so convicted by what Mary did here because she could have done the exact same thing. She could have been in that cave going, I give up on life, throwing her oven mitt. Right? Like, but instead, she is treasuring up and pondering, this is what God is doing. So maybe instead of throwing my oven mitt, I could have been going, God, thank you to my wife's home. Thank you, God, that the surgery was successful. Thank you for the generosity of the amazing people of our church who come around us like family. God, thank you for these skilled doctors who know how to do unbelievable things. Thank you, God, that I'm home. Thank you that we're home. Thank you that I'm not in that awful chair in the hospital right now. Thank you. Like, there could have been so many things, right, to treasure up and ponder in our hearts because this is a God who's always wanting to satisfy us, even in the hard stuff, even in the difficult times. He's wanting to do that. And that's what Mary does. I love that. Verse 25. Oh, you know what? I'm going to summarize this for time's sake. Now we get to a man named Simeon. 
And Simeon encounters Jesus as a little baby, and guess what comes out of him? Oh, wow. More gratitude, more praise. And then, to summarize for time's sake, we meet an 84-year-old prophetess named Anna. And guess what comes out of Anna when she experiences Jesus and meets this little baby? She goes, oh, wow. And she praises God for what God is doing. And I just am so thankful that God keeps showing up and people keep getting satisfied and amazed. And oh, wow, keeps coming out of everybody's mouth in, in, in different words, right? Now, all right, we're doing a little Christopher Nolan time jump. You ready for this? We're going to jump ahead a few decades, okay? Jesus has grown up. Jesus has healed a bunch of people. He's been preaching the word of God. Um, he's now been arrested. He's been lied about, and they've put him on a cross. And you're going, Doug, I think you have the wrong holiday here. No, I want you to see something so powerful. You ready? In Luke 23, 33, it says, When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there. Along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Just to let you know, if you put Jesus in charge of your life, this is the kind of person you're putting in charge of your life, by the way. One who prays forgiveness for their enemies while they're crucifying him. Let's keep going. Verse 44. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, you ready? Seeing what had happened, praise. Everybody say praised. Praise Praise God and said, surely this was a righteous man. Guys, what just happened? Jesus crucified and a guy who was one of the people putting him on the cross in charge of making sure he was dead said, oh, wow. He experienced God even in that time. And if you doubt that Jesus went through all this, or a few days later, reports started surfacing that Jesus rose back from the dead. And if you doubt that, I would love to talk with you because I've had times in my life I worked through doubt and question. I talked a lot about that last week. And I would love to talk with you because I'm just sure beyond sure that Jesus is alive today because of a whole bunch of stuff that I'd love to talk with you about. Or check out a 10-part series on our website called The Evidence Series. We talk all about why you can trust that Jesus is back from the dead. But eventually, the, the, excuse me, the disciples see him and they embrace him, and they feel the nail holes in his hands. They know he's not a vision or a mirage or a ghost. He's a real risen savior. And he cooks them breakfast, and they spend 40 days together, and they preach the word of God, and we see a real physical Jesus back from the dead. And look at what happens when the disciples realize it's really him. Verse 52, then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. From his birth, from Mary hearing Oh, wow, to the, to the angels. Oh, wow, to the shepherds. Oh, wow, to Simeon. Oh, wow, to Anna. Oh, wow, to the people who heard the shepherd's message. Oh, wow, to the centurion guarding Jesus. Oh, wow, to the disciples seeing a risen Savior. Oh, wow, satisfaction in God. And I know where this is where some of you may be going, okay, Doug, so I think what you're going to tell me is that only God can satisfy me and there shouldn't be anything in this world that I look to for satisfaction. Okay, so well, here's how we're going to handle this. I would say, yes, God is going to satisfy you like nothing else can, but that doesn't mean we throw out all the blessings he's given to us, okay? So here, here two thoughts on this. First off, and they're both from C.S. Lewis, brilliant insights on this. He says this about our pursuit of joy and fulfillment and amazement. He says, we're far too easily pleased. He says, we're like a group of kids playing in a mud puddle because we can't imagine a trip to the beach. Guys, all of our stuff Good and bad, all the stuff that we've used to try to satisfy our, our souls, um, you know, whether it's good things, family, friends, success, work, all that, good stuff. 
That's just like a mud puddle in comparison to going to Jesus. And then all the bad stuff, the stuff we've looked to that we try to make good that's not good, you know, porn and anger and, and rage and unforgiveness and gossip and all that stuff. Like, that's all a part of the mud puddle because we can't imagine it going to the beach. We can't imagine a trip to the beach and, and the waves and the sand and the sun on our face. That's God. He doesn't want to just be this little illustration of a mud puddle when we could have the whole beach, right? And so that's one of the things C.S. Lewis says. But then he also takes it a step further, and he says, one day I was standing in my tool shed, and he says, uh, I, I was in the shed, which was all dark, but there were a few cracks in the walls and windows, and so light was coming in, and light was catching some of the sawdust that was in the shed. And he said, as I, I was standing there, I realized something. It was one thing to stand there and look at the beauty of the, of the sunbeams coming in, Listen, you ready? It was another thing to stand in the sunbeam and trace it back up to its source. And you and I have the opportunity to look at our family and go, I'm not going to look to you for ultimate satisfaction because only Jesus can give me that. But man, what a blessing you are. I'm going to trace you back up to the sun. We can be passionate about what we do at work or school and go, wow, I love what I do. I'm so glad I get to do it. And not feel bad about it, but trace it back up to the sun. Trace it back up to God who gave it, right? And so don't settle for the mud puddle when you can have the beach. Go to him. It's all him. Everything else is the mud puddle. But those blessings we do find, even in the mud puddle, right, we're going to trace him back up to God because he's such a good giver and all things are from him. And I hope what you're seeing here today is that Jesus came to fulfill the deepest longings of your soul. Like all that stuff we're always trying to find a way to fill, that emptiness we're trying to fill those voids we're trying to deal with. It's all in him. And Jesus will satisfy you like no one else walking this earth and nothing else you can get your hands on. But I do want to say this too, because I think even as Christians, some of us are going, yeah, but Doug, if I'm honest, sometimes there's still that little emptiness that tries to kick up in me. I'd say two things. First off, have we forgotten to go to him? Have we gotten our eyes, even though we know we're saved and we know we're his, have we, have we gotten our eyes just on all the distractions and what I like to call the Netflix of life of just numbing out and distracting ourselves out when he's actually wanting to heal us and keep us close to him? And the second thing I would say is sometimes as much as Jesus can satisfy us here and now, this is really important. Everybody look at me real quick. As long as we're walking on planet Earth this way, there will be that longing for more. Why? Because we're not home yet. God's promised us eternity with him. No more sickness, no more sin, no more death, no more suffering. Sounds good to me. And it's all wrapped up in a relationship with him. And so Jesus coming and closeness with him are the things that are going to draw you and I to that place of fulfillment, of oh, wow. And again, it's not just oh, wow, I'm after today. What's the heart behind the oh, wow? It's seeing God for who he is and seeing him at work in our lives. And listen, like I said, our, our family's been through some stuff. Guess what? Your family has too. You, you know, everyone's like, oh, Doug, I'm so sorry the week you had. We could probably all say a billion things that went wrong this week. But in the midst of that, there's a God who's going, Doug, I got you. I'm going to satisfy your heart. I'm going to fulfill you. I'm going to carry you. I'm going to carry your wife. I'm here. And, and, and can I just say again, we felt that through so many of you. Thank you. And that's part of this. God's put us here. Why come to church? Well, because we get to Worship God and, and keep our eyes on what his truth says, but, but also we have each other. We can support each other. We carry each other and love on each other. It's a powerful thing that God does. So don't chase the things that don't satisfy. and Don't fall for the short-term wow. God wants the long-term wow you and me. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I encourage you to look to him today. And if you don't know what it looks like to continue to get closer to God. That's why we're here. We're here. That's why community's here. That's why the church happens every week, and we got events going on all throughout the week so we can continue to keep our eyes on them. We need each other to encourage each other and get closer to him. 
But we'd love to walk with you. If you're struggling in your faith, if you don't know if you can trust Jesus, man, let's grab some coffee and let's talk it through. There are great uh, questions, but there are great answers. In the past, you've heard me talk about this little God-shaped hole in all of us, right? And that's that thing we try to cram everything into. There's only one thing that fits, and that's God. So look to him to be your satisfaction, your fulfillment, your joy. And out of that, oh, wow. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much, God, that you've given to us this opportunity to come together here today. And I just thank you for, Lord, the fun that we had. We, we got to have a lot of fun. We got to see an amazing musical piece put together and sonically and visually have our minds blown a little bit here this morning. But God, I thank you. That's just a little bit of a taste of your creativity, your goodness, the wow we get in you. And so, God, I just pray that you will lead us close to you today. I pray our hearts will be satisfied in you today. If you're here and you are a Christian, I would love to talk with you first. I'd love to just say, is there anybody in the room that's going, man, I think I stopped being wowed by God. I think I just got distracted or in a rut or I'm hurt or I'm angry at him. Maybe like Mary, I need to ponder and treasure these things up in my heart that he has done. I need to learn to say, oh, wow, more than I say, oh, no. So God, would you change that about us? Change that about me, God. Next time I'm out doing leaves, Lord, that my mind would be on good things, the blessings that you've given me. Because maybe I could count 10 things that went wrong in the last week, but I could also, if I took the time, count a million that went right. So God, help us to have our hearts full in you. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him, I encourage you to pray with me now. You can just say something like this quietly. Jesus, thank you so much for coming for me. Thank you for giving your life for me. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. But God, even more than that, I want to know you. I want a relationship with you. I want that emptiness, that God-shaped hole filled by you. Put your Holy Spirit in my life, God. Do amazing things. Help me to see how real you are and how close you are. In your name I pray. Amen. I want to thank you so much for being with us today. We're just going to close with a beautiful Christmas hymn. You can stand with us as we sing. And if anyone needs prayer, our prayer team will be up here in the front during this last song and then also after the service. So feel free to come up. God bless you guys. We hope to see you next Sunday, 9 and 1030. We're going to continue on with our theme of God being a satisfier. You're not just going to hear from me. You're going to hear from some people in our church, all different ages. They're going to talk about some things they went through, some difficulties, some places they looked for satisfaction and didn't find it. And at the end of the day, how God came through and really filled them up. God bless you guys.